Hello, this is Logical Soccer Investing, and I am so happy to be with you guys today. We are here with Sam from SAJC Cards. Did I say it right? You did. Okay, SAJC Cards uh, on Instagram, and he is a numbers guy like I am, and we love geeking out and philosophizing about the soccer market or just general uh, card market trends. It's super fun to do, and we love it. So uh, we thought I thought I'd bring him on the show today so we can kind of talk about what the heck is happening because there's a lot of stuff happening that we need to unravel here, uh, and I'm sure. I'm sure, Sam, you've been thinking about it obsessively, like I probably have too, trying to analyze every crevice of the market and why, what is happening, where, and where it's coming from. So uh, let's talk about it. What are your thoughts on, on vintage soccer and where it's going right now and the flurry of sales that we've been, been seeing? Yeah, so I think um, soccer is right, uh, kind of following some of the patterns that we're seeing uh, from basketball. I think basketball, right, um, sort of leads the the market. People kind of figure out what the strategies are there for basketball, where areas are undervalued, and then I think the other sports tend to follow, right. Yeah. And I know people have been espousing um, vintage soccer for a while, and it looks like things are finally starting. Um, to, to really, really, really heat up in the space like people have been talking about for a while. Um, so yeah, I think the soccer market in terms of like investing strategies, people are kind of getting wise to what worked, I would say, in basketball where the undervalued areas were and that's starting to translate now into the soccer market. So it's, it's a spillover in some regard from the basketball market. So I think a lot of people might, call, might point at one of, the, and obviously it was kind of going in that direction, but then all of a sudden, the golden auctions, uh, big auction went down, and you had you had this pair of two Michael Jordan PSA tens going for 700k each, which is which is significantly more than the last sale of that card. I think the previous sale high was like 350 thousand something, a lot less. Uh, so like double. And then another part was that Cristiano Ronaldo's mega cracks card was also his PSA ten was also for sale, and it went for 200 thousand dollars so i think part of it too along those lines is that once the ronaldo went for two hundred thousand dollars the entire market kind of had to adjust because it's like we can only have ronaldo go up so far before you know if ronaldo's here then messi must be here and if messi's there then maybe iniesta is here then if iniesta is here then xavi's here then all of a sudden like it's kind of like a complete reformation of the market do you think that's fair to say yeah, I couldn't actually agree more. And, and I'm glad you actually mentioned the golden auction because I was going to say that was probably the catalyst that took things to another level, like really specifically because I think it, it it kind of brought mainstream what a lot of people were, like those of us who are kind of deeper into it already knew, mm -hmm. right? The guy like CR7, like, oh man, like his rookie card is way undervalued. And to finally have that thing go into an auction um, and see the final number come out, uh, to your point, it, it basically reset the market. And then you have, of course, Golden, uh, he gets like on the news, it's all over the internet, people see the values for these things, gets everyone excited. And yeah, like, I mean, it just eventually just has a trickle down effect to anything card related effectively at the end of the sure. day. And I think also, in addition to that, there's been a lot more, it's funny, because, you know, Vegas Dave came out and he's like, well, the card market's going to blow up and he lights the thing on fire. But uh, the expense of Jordan on fire, which is just insanity to me. But in a 
but what happened also is that I'm seeing a lot more confidence in the market in general. So you're seeing a lot more stuff happening on mainstream media. You're hearing people talk about sports cards and, um, and I guess golden auctions was also bought out. Did you hear about that? Or like maybe not bought out like as a, a majority. Churning group. Yeah. Yep. And some big names in the group too, right? Uh, there were some huge names in there. You look at, uh, and it's all over the place too. So, uh, there was uh, like, it's what Durant's involved in there. So is his business partner. I think Rich Klein, Logan Paul's a part of that. Um, I think Mark Wahlberg, Bill Simmons, uh, Mark Cuban, Cuban. Um, and then uh, uh, Timbaland, actually, the music producer, who I don't know if you, uh, if any of you guys got a chance to catch uh, Golden's uh, live stream, I think it was yesterday. He actually had Timbaland on and join him on the live stream because Timbaland was one of the guys who bought one of the Jordans. Oh, wow. Here's your Jordan, by the way. I'm going to mail this out to you. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's 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 a level of street cred right there, too. Really exciting stuff. So so that's happening. And uh, it just seems like a lot of uh, it's it's the market seems to be getting a lot more um, a lot more people on to be perfectly frank and honest, investor groups and people with more money, which to me is incredibly encouraging. It is great. If you have cards right now, I think it is a wonderful thing to have rich people in the hobby, because a lot of those people that are buying up those cards, they're not trying to flip it next week. And that's a huge thing. And think about, think about, um, so recently there's been a huge flurry of messy cards going off the market. I made a post on Instagram about it today. I mean, we're talking like 20 sales of PSA six, sevens, eights, whatever, going for a lot of money, nines of cards that you would have never thought of a while back, but going for like 12, $13,000. Um, with these cards, cards being sold and put off the market, there's only really one thing that can happen, and that's the prices of this stuff is going to go up because there's such there's there's a tiny supply to begin with. You take that supply, you start taking it off the market. There's there's only one thing that could really happen. I think the prices inevitably have to go up at least in the short term. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you, you mentioned, right, the kind of fractional ownership to those hedge fund companies. If you think about what they were doing um, in the basketball space, right, with uh, like the PSA 10 Chrome LeBrons, for instance, um, for the, the Jordans, the pop counts on those are much, much higher compared to like the messies that you're talking about. So, you know, when they look at it and these are a bunch of really smart people, right? You don't, you don't get to run um, these hedge funds or start up these fractional companies. Uh, you're not dumb money. And so they're going there and like, Hey, you know what? Okay. Basketball. Like I've, I've kind of got, you know, what I wanted to achieve here. I've gotten the run up. Where's the next untapped potential. The goat market's big. Where do I go next? By scan around soccer, right? Messi, Ronaldo, let's do it. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the pop is so low that I only have to spend a fraction of the money that I have available at my disposal to essentially achieve the same effect in the soccer market. Yeah. And that's, and that's a thing. And I, okay. With, with that in mind, that actually leads me to a few other, few other questions. So one question I have for you, something to think about and something I've been thinking about is how long can this growth sustain itself? I know a lot of people have that question. I mean, really, if there were, if there were no risk involved with this, everyone would be doing it. Like everyone would be doing it if there was no risk. So it's impossible. There is a level of risk. So my question is, how long is this growth 
sustainable, you know, and I, and I get this question a lot on Instagram. People ask me, how long do you think the market's going to go up for? What do you think the prices are going to be from six months from now or whatever? And my answer is normally, I have no clue. Like who the heck knows? Like who would have predicted this one month ago? Who would have predicted we would, we would be where we are at right now one month ago? Who would have predicted that the company on number 35 was going to go for $56,000 yep. one month ago? That'd be impossible. So, um, so what yeah. do you think... What do you, do you think the market can sustain this? Um, I, I actually do. There's a few reasons why I do. And the other thing I will say is that I don't, when I think of the stock market, I probably wouldn't necessarily treat it in aggregate as a whole. I would maybe kind of break it down into like sure. different constituent parts and think about kind of what's going to happen there. So if you think about some of the underlying factors that drive the market, right? Like, we always talk, right, Danny, like you and I, we talk about supply and demand, right? And when they're kind of, when there's imbalance, right, you get things to move one way or, or, or another. Um, so a lot of the, from a, from a demand perspective, I mean, I have heard nothing to the contrary that would make me believe that demand is going to slow down anytime soon. Um, it doesn't matter if you're watching like the golden live stream. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are talking to the card shop owners. Um, I was just, <laughs> I was in line uh, this last Saturday for a local car show in Southern California. Mm. I waited an hour and I still didn't get in the door oh and God. I actually had to go. Um, and even like a couple hours after I left, I could see people who were posting on YouTube and IG, the line was still an hour and a half to get in. Wow. Um, so on the ground, I, you definitely see people who are you know, looking for this stuff. So that's why I say like from a demand side, like I, I see the demand there. It doesn't matter like who you talk to. Um, and then from a, and then that's not even to talk about like the top of the food chain, you know, the, the funds and everything like that. You you'll hear from these people. There are people all the time, these new people with a lot of money who are looking to come in and make a play and make a move. So everyone from the average Joe to like these hedge funds cannot get enough of the stuff. So that's why I do think the demand side is still, it's just not going to be um, satiated, right? And then we talked about the supply side, you know, for the goats, you are not going to suddenly see this giant influx of, you know, of Messi and Ronaldo uh, <laughs> car, working cards all of a sudden yeah. flood the market um, kind of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I do think on that end, um, that will continue to sustain itself for a while. Now, will the, will the rate of increase, like, will that you know, flatten out. I think it's healthier for the market if it does and doesn't shoot up like a rocket ship. Sure. Um, you know, like uh, not all rockets make it into orbit, right? Some come crashing back down to earth and, and we don't want sort of a 2014 prism uh, rehash here. Um, but I do think the goat market will sustain, if not, you know, at least um, smooth out a little in terms of the growth curve. What I'm kind of really curious about actually is, um, and I also think, by the way, the vintage market, right? I know we touched on earlier, and the vintage market will, I think, continue to kind of go up and up and up. I think if you look at the relative valuations and the pops, I mean, people are realizing um, just like in soccer within other sports that that's probably going to continue to go up. What I'm really curious of, because we haven't seen this in the soccer market, is what will happen to the young players? So in basketball, it essentially became a, uh, a sector move where people were like, well, I've invested all this money in the young players, but I can actually spend an equivalent amount of money essentially. Right. And get like the all-time legends. And so all the money just started moving over that way. And they kind of left all the young players behind, even like guys who we all believe are going to be generational, like Luca, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but for soccer, we really haven't seen that. I mean, soccer, uh, you know, and, and like other sports as well, right? Actually, like football, um, for instance, and baseball, the money is still kind of going into both places right now. Um, yeah, I think, so, I think you worded it really well when, before when you said like sec, breaking apart the soccer market into sectors of the market, because it really is. Uh, if I were to summarize, let's say the modern market, I would say the modern market has been, uh, I would say, consistently robust, actually, uh, in terms of the young players and maybe how it relates to other sports. I feel like it's been rel- relatively healthy. Um, and you're seeing right now the normal ebb and flows. I feel like you would see it's, it's interesting to know how responsive people were to the UCL games because we're, we're already through a ton of season and all of a sudden the UCL games come on and then people are really responding to that. So that's an interesting note. Um, obviously the prices of Kylian Mbappe and Erling Holland are, are going up and I don't think there's anything stopping it from continuing to go up over the next, whatever, three to four weeks until the next game happens. I mean, unless, unless they get like severely injured or something like that. Um, so there's that level of the market. I've also been seeing obviously a lot of increases in prism, modern cards in general, but especially the prism cards uh, for the first prism set 2014 and the, the subsequent prism sets as well. Uh, what do you think about that moving into the kind of this new, it almost feels like a new phase of the market. I know I've been, I've been tracking the prices in late December. You could have gotten, um, you know, Ronaldo PSA 10 prism for like high three hundreds. Now the price has gone up to about, uh, over a thousand dollars. So that's about a 300% increase in value over the course of like a month and a half, which is, which is a lot. Um, where do you see that happening? Part of, for me, I think, I think part of the growth that I can see leading into it, and I guess it's where the two sectors intertwine, is that people, the average person is going to get priced out of the high-end rookie cards. And I can see it bleeding over into modern. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so I think with uh, 2014 Prism, um, I, I, th- I think it's actually kind of like the spillover from the I want a, I want a GOAT card, a card of the GOAT of, of a Messi and a Ronaldo. I can't necessarily afford, uh, right, a, a 2004 Mega Cracks uh, Messi. I can't afford a 2002, uh, three, uh, you know, CR7. Uh, I can't afford the 2003 Upper Deck, you know, or SP Authentic, uh, 2004 SP Authentic one. Um, and I want to get, you know, a card of them. Uh, and so I think that's where, why you're seeing kind of demand or the prices move up on that stuff now, because people are saying, hey, I, I do want a piece of the goats. Where can I get it? What's still relatively affordable? So I, I think that's what's kind of driving the, the prism piece there. Uh, and I know you've mentioned it on several podcasts and, and like and, you know on your IG. It's just that there's a there's a different like level for soccer because supply even in the modern era is so relatively constrained compared to the other sports. Mm-hmm. So it does not take a lot to cause an imbalance in the market and get the market to move. Um, the other thing too that we haven't talked about, right, is that's going for soccer, aside from the fact that UCL is going on right now, mm-hmm. is also that you have this weird lull in the ma- other major sports. So the Super Bowl is done, yeah. right? Baseball just is opening camps, but it doesn't even have a like a date for when the season will start. Mm-hmm. Um, the NBA is kind of in the middle right now, just kind of slogging away, right? And some, same thing with, um, you know, with hockey. So soccer now with this big tournament with the UCL coming up, 
it's getting, I think, kind of a disproportionate share of the eyes. There's money that's probably uh, freed up from, let's say, the football sector that's now probably being moved right into soccer as well. So there's a lot of different factors that are going into this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is interesting. It is interesting. And it's something we've never really experienced before. I mean, within the soccer market, I mean, we've never we've never had like so many things happening and it's relatively early. That's another thing, too, that's catching me off guard. Um when things were cooking last year, when this whole the craziness was happening, um, this happened when they decided to implement the UCL tournament in, I guess, they decided to do it in August and they had that knockout type of competition that was very unique for that year. And that's when you, I mean, you, you were seeing prices go up, but when that started, prices went bananas. Um, to be at this point, price-wise, early, early, is interesting to me. What's going to happen when really significant stuff happens? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen when the big stuff happens is the, are the questions I have. What, what happens when we finally get to that international tournament? Like how much uh, higher can we go? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I and mean, potentially, uh, yeah, potentially right to the moon is, as a lot of people like to say right now, I, I mean, to your point, right. UCL, you're in the early stages, round of 16, um, and then that's all going to lead up in like straight into the euros. Right. And, and so like you, you basically have catalyst after catalyst that potentially like will put soccer at the forefront of the market news cycle and give people events and reasons to trade, to want to buy, you know, and, and also potentially right for people to sell. Um, that's so what I like about this too, there's so much time in between games. So you could like, for instance, after, after PSG beat Barcelona and and Kylian Mbappe scored scored three goals, initially I thought, okay, do I need to buy Kylian Mbappe prison right now? And I'm not a very respond like I'm not the type of guy that watches a game and says, okay, that just happened. I need to buy a bunch of that stuff right now. That's very that's very emotional for me. But I'm thinking even practically, like Kylian Mbappe, one of the I would say the most iconic players as far as the uh, as far as the card market goes, like the young player that people love, just scored a hat trick on a big stage. You know what? His card prices have to go up, and there are there is three weeks, four weeks for people to kind of play that information in their head to decide to buy a Kylian Mbappe card. I think I think in this case, you can buy that card. Like, so what I did is right after the game was done, I, I bought, I bought two, I bought two of PSA 10s, you know, the, uh, whatever, whatever the guy from ESPN said, what did he call him again? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. I, I, I saw that. I saw, I saw like that a PSA that. 10 prism yeah, yeah, yeah. number yeah. 80. You know, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, but where's that card going to go? Like, I can't, I don't see it going down given the duration of time because most likely, you know, people are going to pay attention to, uh, Ligue 1, but they're not they're not like they're not hardcore watching it let's say Mbappe has a slump the last thing in a lot of these guys heads are going to be him scoring three goals in the Champions League they're not playing the Farmers League on ESPN in America they're not going to do that they're not playing these games against Lyon or something Lyon or something like that they're mm-hmm. not going to do that they're going to yeah. they're going to play the big games so that's the last taste Americans have in their mouth about killing Mbappe this guy is a beast and no matter what, as long as he doesn't have a catastrophic injury, I don't see that card price going down 
until like it happens and let's say calamity happens. <laughs> let's say Messi <laughs> Messi tears it up and scores like four goals and they happen to beat them 4-0, which would be insane. And I think very unlikely. Uh, really cool though, for the prices of Messi cards. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine what would happen at that point. Um, but I just don't, I don't see it backing down. What are your thoughts? I think it's going to be actually really interesting to see what happens, right? Because I think last time when you and I were, were talking uh, actually on, on this podcast, we kind of talked about, right, the just sort of anticipation, mm -hmm. right, of, of what goes on. And um, one, it's very healthy for the market to actually react on, on news or on events, right? I mean, that kind of tells you there's enough, there's eyeballs on there sure. um, and, and people are immediately reacting to that, right? So that, that speaks to the growth of, of uh, soccer, soccer cards in general. Yes. Um, and so now people are like, wow, you know, Mbappe, hey, three goals, I see the potential. I see why a lot of people have called him kind of like potentially, right, the Michael Jordan of um, soccer, right? And he had a collaboration with LeBron. So it's going to start its run up, right? We're going to see how deep of a run PSG makes. Now, what happens though, if PSG, right, they make it to the next round, and then they lose, actually. That, to me, is what's going to be super interesting. Because last time when PSG right, lost in the, in the final, right, his cards just essentially just started to, this long, long winding, like, or actually, sorry, not winding, but precipitous drop down. Right. And they eventually it's also important to note that everyone's card took a, took a drop. Not just Mbappe, literally everybody's cards took a drop. That's true, but I, I guess it's because I think of Mbappe or I use him, right, just because he's kind of soared the highest. Sure. Um, and so he had very far to fall, right? And it what happened is eventually the market sort of set a, a baseline number, right? I think the PSA 10s were essentially selling. They were doing good qu uh, quantity, you know, volume at roughly, what was it, like $600 or some, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm actually going to be super interested to see what happens if PSG winds up getting knocked out you know, at some point along the way here. And where does the market eventually, you know, reset the price for Mbappe Prism 10s? If the market doesn't bring them all the way back down to like the five to $600 level, that's good. Like then, then to me, that's where you start to learn more about what's going on. Because if the market then says, hey, you know what, we're going to retrench, but we're now going to kind of reset ourselves at let's say $800. Mm -hmm. yes. Right. Then you're like, okay, then things, that's good. That's good for a healthy growth. If it goes all the way back down to like five or six, barring to your point, some catastrophic event, then I'm kind of like, you know what? That feels like people are just trading on the news and people aren't really in it kind of for the, the long haul. So that that's, you know, my yeah, thoughts. I agree. And I think there's a few different levels of that. You know, one part is how risk adverse are you? Like if you are risk adverse, to me, I think the bet is actually, so you have to assume that PSG, will not have an utter catastrophe in their next game against Barcelona, especially because they're going to be playing at home. Not that it matters too much because there's no audience, yeah. but, but still, you know, there's something about playing at home still. Um, you would think that, that they're not going to lose that. So for me, that's, a, and I don't know when the next round is the, the date scheduled for the next round, but let's say, let's say that next game isn't, it's scheduled until maybe three weeks after the second game. So if that's the case, I think if you're risk adverse, that's six weeks, I believe, of pretty consistent growth that you'll see. And if you decide to hold on to the cards at that point, that's more of a risk. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's very possible PSG could lose. You never know. Um, fortunately, they won by a lot. So even if Neymar is not back in their next game, they could still they could still be successful. And I think it's very plausible, plausible that they will. But... 
you know, it, it, so the first thing you have to consider, I think, is how much risk are you prepared to take on a modern card like that? And it's not a true rookie, but it's kind of the currency of the of the card markets, Prism. So I think there's that element. And yeah, I think that's actually it. I, I had something well, else to say. I think you brought up a right I mean, a great point, which is like, you have to think about your time horizon for these things, right? So if you're basically saying, hey, look, I, I want to essentially place a bet on Mbappe's prism for right the next couple, you know, uh, like months or so, you probably have a decent window where to your point, it'll kind of incrementally go up, go up, go up kind of thing. Um, and then... And then, you know, you might be forced to kind of make a decision. It's like at that point, like, okay, well, depending on, let's say how they then subsequently do in that, the first game of that next stage, ooh, okay, like, is Mbappe, does he have a chance of getting like knocked out or, you know, will he, you know, advance? So it's like every single kind of like result, right, is sort of another checkpoint for you. But if you're a believer in Mbappe longer term, then it's it's not, you know, it's not a big deal for you, right? I mean, it feels like the market basically bottomed out at about five, like 550 to 600 and you're yeah. just happy like, hey great like i'm not intending to flip this in two months i'm gonna hold it you know for yeah five years. yeah and another thing to consider too is that even even let's say psg does lose in the back of everyone's head we're thinking about the euros that's what people have been broadcasting for the past few months the euros are coming the euros are coming yeah. so <laughs> france i mean they have to be one of the favorites so i think it's gonna go i think it could go down if they lose but to an extent I mean, because in the back of people's heads, they really are thinking about the Euros. I would say the majority of people investing in soccer cards right now, that is the focal point. So I think, uh, yeah, yeah. So consider consider the losses, consider the the benefits to it. I like the Kylian Mbappe investment right now. Um, and at the end of the day, you won a World Cup as a teenager. <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive. He has that going for him, of course. He got a great head start um, for sure on his resume. Absolutely. So, so how about... Do you, what do you feel about the soccer market versus basketball market? Let's say, um, so obviously basketball has been going up like crazy. Soccer market has been going up like crazy vintage vintage has in both. Uh, do you feel like there's a difference between the basketball and the soccer market? Or do you think it kind of goes hand in hand and as soccer, as basketball vintage goes up, soccer will follow as well. Yeah. I mean, I do look at, I do look at basketball as kind of a leading indicator of the overall health of the trading card market. Um, I do think we've kind of already seen that play out one time, right? Uh, just most recently with this, um, the last over the last summer, right? Like basketball was the first market to start heating back up again, and then kind of subsequently, like right, other markets have followed. So I do think basketball is a good barometer, um, and I think I do think though that soccer probably has the greatest growth potential, right? I think we saw, I think a lot of people referenced the eBay's uh, kind of state of the sports card market report. Everyone saw kind of the giant growth percentages, right? For um, soccer cards, uh, granted off a much lower base. So it's easier to achieve that enormous growth, but still um, I think that that's really encouraging for everyone. Um, I think the other day, uh, I believe, uh, Ken, Ken Golden actually also talked about like, Hey, you know what, what happens when, um, people have access to cards in some of these other countries that Absolutely. typically haven't had great access to that. Right. And I mean, Golden's already kind of, you know, going there too. So like everyone, and naturally, like when it goes to some of these other areas, what is the sport that people, you know, 
that they kind of prefer there, it's going to be soccer. Right. So, so I, think yeah, all, I, I think all eyes have to be on that 2021 prism set, the release in the UK happening as well. All eyes need to be on that. That is something different. That's a major prism release releasing, not just in North America, but releasing in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I want to know, I want to see what's going to happen. What will be the result of that? How many more collectors will get into the collecting hobby because of that release? It's really something to think about for sure. So you think, uh, so you feel like it's, it's related, um, but you feel like the growth potential of soccer is greater because of, because of the potential audience, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Because we know supply is right. We kind of know what the supply is. We know demand already in a lot of areas is out, outpacing supply. Mm-hmm. And that's with cards not even really being like the biggest thing for a lot of uh, soccer collectors until, you know, relatively recently. Um, and even then, like more so the modern market, right. Than um, in the, the kind of pre messy Ronaldo market. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, talking a little bit about the modern market, what do you think, or I guess it doesn't have to be modern, but what do you think about cards like one of the cards that i've been noticing has been heating up in the basketball market and i'm actually quite sure you've noticed this because you brought this up to me before uh is the lebron kobe card that's kind of making some rounds because it's iconic because you have both players on the card which brings us to the conversation one of my fate i would say maybe my favorite card period definitely my favorite modern card for me is the 2014 Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo matchups card. What do you what do you think about that? Like the pairing of the goats, I guess, and also the the potential growth for that card. Uh, I I think that card is going to be one of like the cards that people are going to want to have. Uh, so you touched on a little in the basketball market. I know probably the most famous um, instance right now that's getting the most heat is the the 2008 Topps Chrome um, Kobe Bryant where LeBron is guarding Kobe. And that thing has just gone off like a rocket ship. Um, And the thing is though, it's not just, it's not just isolated to that. It's pretty much any goat pairing um, is kind of going crazy. Uh, So there's like a 2016 Donruss optic uh, with LeBron uh, doing a layup and Kobe's um, watching. And that thing has, I think, tripled in value in the last mm, two weeks uh there are jordan and people are going back and discovering jordan and kobe cards uh, together they didn't realize they had those things are going also to the moon and so the next logical step is hey for soccer shoot like messi and you know cr7 how many cards do they have to i think they only have two they have the 2014 prism matchups and then they have the um the tops now card um, and, and the prism is by far the superior card because it's just the tops right. now card. I mean, it's a cool card. It's relatively short print, but they're just like chilling in a chair during the award ceremony. And it was a cool moment, but it's not the prism matchups card. That card is, is amazing. Yeah. Right. That, that's going to be an iconic card. Uh, if, if it's not, I mean, it's like, I think it's already considered an iconic card by a lot of people, but I think, uh, you know, as the soccer card market continues to grow and grow and grow and people look back and say, what is a card I want to have? They're probably going to look at that, especially if you think about it. Um, I think those goat cards give people a way to get a flavor of the goats without, especially if they cannot get the rookie cards of the goats, right? So it's like, hey, I can't get, I can't drop 200K on a CR7, but can I drop, you know, let's say like $1,000 on a, you know, base, 
you know, PSA 10, let's say, right, of those two and get both Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, I'll do that because I want a piece of that stuff. Um, if you think about like the 2008, 2009 Topps Chrome uh, Kobe that's gone bananas, right? That's that's a LeBron, what, fifth or sixth year card paired with a Kobe 12th year card. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. But it's just an, an anomaly. And I also think we're, as humans, we're really into symbolism. And we know that that card means a lot more than just a card. It's, it's kind of like a passing of a torch. It's, it's, it's generations, you know, mixing together. It's, it's bigger than even the card itself. It's, it's basketball in a nutshell in that case. And in this case, it's an entire generation of soccer mixed up into one card. I mean, how many Polandors have both of them won every single one except for Luka Modric his nice little year in there which which is something but but I mean it's it's a it's an iconic card and I I I think that card can go to the moon I think it's so epic that card um do you own any yeah so full disclosure I actually have a uh a PSA 9 um red yellow pulsar Ooh. Um, yeah I bought that I think I bought that raw Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of held on to it for a while because it was like uh, even even when the market took a big dip, and I think you could have gotten that card a lot cheaper oh, um, over the over the summer. Um, yeah, you know, I was just like, I'm keeping this card forever. <laughs> I yeah, love this. It, it is it is such a dope. And the red and yellow pulsar one looks really nice. You said red and yellow, right? Yellow and red. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that card looks golden to me. When I see the card, it just it just looks golden. It's an amazing card. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Other than that, uh, there's a few more things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so it looks like there's people are kind of looking for other opportunities. I think that's caused a lot of basketball people to get into soccer and, you know, other sports to get into soccer because they're just seeing opportunity there, especially with all this alternative investments going, going around, right? So basketball collectors are looking at soccer. Football collectors are looking at soccer. People that normally wouldn't be in it, which is which is increasing all obviously increasing all the prices and the cards and the hobby. Uh, but is is there anything that you're that you're doing aside from aside from soccer that that alternative investments that might be interesting? I know this is a soccer card podcast, but I'm just interested. What what else are you looking into right now? Yeah, so um, the biggest thing I was looking into probably like a couple weeks ago was let's say like Marvel. I know Marvel has kind of blown up the internet, the, those comic cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's pretty much like anything that has pop culture or cultural relevance is just blowing up. I think I saw uh, Danny. Do you collect Garbage Pail Kids by chance? As a uh, man, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. They freaked me out. They scared me as a kid. Why would I want those cards, right? <laughs> I, I recently saw, and I don't know if the auction closed, like a PSA 10 Adam Bomb, maybe the most uh, iconic uh, uh, Garbage Pail Kid. Uh, it still had time left to go, and it was like at 30k. Oh my god. <laughs> um. I, I saw like a 1985 WWE Hulk Hogan, which I distinctly remember having as a kid in terrible shape, of course. Um, but I think a PSA 10 of that sold for like 19K. Um, and, and that's where like, you know, money is, there's just like too much money and not enough places to put it, uh, you know, in a sense, which is also why like I, I actually feel, another reason why I feel very strongly about uh, the soccer card market, just collectibles in, in general, is it, just like people are going all over the place. Uh, you know, you cannot, you can't park your money in things, in yeah. the things right now. 
uh, GI Joe boxes are going crazy. Oh. Um, I heard like a story that, um, so there's a company called, I think baseball card exchange. They do, uh, they basically wrap boxes like, you know, sealed boxes to help authenticate them. Right. And it gives them an extra bit of value because someone's basically said, Hey, you know, these boxes are sealed. Um, he had to, he actually had to put a notice out that like, I think similar to what uh, PSA was doing, which is like, Hey, you know, our, our verification times are being impacted. Right. Because people are just sending too much stuff in. People are sending boxes in like, you know, like Elf. I don't know if you ever watched Elf. It was like a sitcom. I mean, just like insane. Um, Yeah. It's spilling over to everything. Uh, So, yeah. Um, So you've been tapping into Marvel a bit. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And I'm sure you've seen, even over the course of the past few weeks, you've probably seen big returns on that already. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Just crazy. I mean, I was picking, I was picking stuff off of like ComC right for a dollar and then like just reselling that thing then for like 40 or 50 bucks oh my gosh um, yeah I, it's still not as good as a re, uh, return as your uh debrenna like heist the uh, <laughs> brenna like, yeah yeah the the, the two to, two to 130 yeah that was a sick yeah. i wish i could find stuff like that all the time my wife was talking to me the other day she's like why can't you just find more cards like that doesn't it make yeah. more sense to just find more cards like that? I'm like, yes, it does. That's that's a great point. So I've been looking uh, for a few other for a few other sports. I think my um, I've been I've been looking at Simone Biles a lot for quite some time, and I've been buying up uh, quite a few of her cards, her rookie cards, Sports Illustrated, um, for the same type of prices, like two dollars a price, and it's gone up to ten dollars. Who knows? You know, I mean, so I've been doing that. I've been getting a lot into like iconic boxers. I think as a whole, boxing is not. I think boxing is a fine sport and there's a fan base for it, but it seems to be declining because of a lot of issues that come along with boxing. But what I think is significant are like these historical boxers, people that have influenced our culture greatly. Joe Lewis, uh, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. Just so the, the listeners, I don't know how old you are. Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali, they're the same person. I'm just throwing that out there. Someone, <laughs> a friend of mine was confused and I had to tell him they're the same person. So uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, um, you know, Rocky Marciano, there's a lot of amazing boxers out there that I've been kind of, kind of looking at. Um, I haven't been too adventurous. I haven't gotten into garbage pail kids, although I wish I did. I haven't gotten into, um, Marvel cards, although I wish I did really early and it probably is still a very early market. Um, but you know, and that's the beauty of soccer card collecting. When I first started collecting soccer cards, I never, I never thought of it as an investment piece. I just always thought of it as I love soccer. It's my favorite sport in the world. I like collecting these cards because it makes me feel closer to the sport. And, but fortunately it allowed me to get into the, get into that way early, <laughs> you know, it just, it just kind of worked out. And I think a lot of times the collectors kind of went out in that regard. If you like something that happens to be something other people will end up liking, then you're in a good spot. If there's a lot of demand for something, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, I think want to thank you for your time uh, in chatting with me today, Sam. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add about about the soccer card market or about any form of the market that you thought would be mentioned uh, worth mentioning? And also, uh, eventually, how we can how we can end up chatting with you or connecting with you on social media. Yeah, um, you know, the, the other kind of like anecdotal thing I'll talk about is just in kind of uh, my belief in the market is I've actually had. Uh, plenty of people who um, previously had no knowledge of uh, collecting cards, and but as you know, uh, as soon as they kind of find out, like, oh, hey, you know something about cards? Um, you know, can you educate me more about that? You know, um, 
uh, can you talk to me? Like, help me understand. I'm kind of interested in maybe putting some, you know, more money, like, you know, some money into that. And that's where I'm like, wow, like that, you know, Danny, I've been collecting off and on for 35 years. That's never happened to me in my life. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. So when, when you hear that and it doesn't become the thing that you sort of had to be like, to kind of hide because like, oh, that was kind of geeky. And now it's like, it's the cool thing. No, we're cool. We're the cool people. Look at us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's kind of like, it, it's the, it, it's kind of the physical form of, of like, I don't know, like crypto in a sense, right. It's like crypto is this kind of like ethereal thing that people still can't quite grasp. And, and, uh, but the people who know it know it really well. And you want to find out a lot about it and kind of cards. It's like the same thing. It's, it's tangible, um, and people want to know more about it. I think um, there was a uh, another you know like quote from Golden in, in one of his interviews talking about how that first you know as an investment, one of the reasons why he feels so good about it is because people have an attachment, right? And you mentioned this too. People have an attachment to cards. They can look at it, they can admire it. When Messi does something special, CR7 does something special, Mbappe does something special, right? You be like, oh, right? And you look at it and you 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 feel a connection to it. It's special. Nobody does that to a stock certificate. No, <laughs> nobody does that. Does that's that's a true. That's a true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. Yeah. So, so I feel really confident about um, it. Just anecdotally, from all the things that I've seen. Um, unless you're buying and, one of those, like, uh, unless you're going to rally <laughs> and buying up one of those cards, and all of a sudden you can't touch it. But just the concept of it. Actually, I had a. I I got um I got my one of my son's godfather into. Uh, into card collecting um, and he's just kind of starting out and he's a huge Yankees fan and he wanted, he, he went to rally and for his dear life, he tried getting onto that uh, 1951 Bowman SGC seven card that went out and rally. And it's unfortunate because it wouldn't let him do it because it doesn't let it. If you're, if you're just starting with rally, you need like a week before you can get into like the trading stuff. Um, so he wasn't able to do it, but that was the first thing he wanted to do because that was his childhood hero, Mickey Mantle. And he wanted a piece of that, you know, so wow. have you, have you tapped into that at all or no? You know, it was interesting, like fractional, like the fractional ownership for the rally and collectible apps. I, I looked at it. It was super interesting. Um, I actually signed up, I have an account, but I never actually bought anything. Um, even though I, there were times I wanted to, but I would just, you know, kind of, I, I just would get, uh, I would I wouldn't get a chance to, uh, and I I've actually heard a lot of people were kind of similar like they're converted they're like I didn't quite see it I you know they didn't <laughs> understand it but then they see some of the stuff and they're like yeah you know I could never afford on my own to buy the Gretzky PSA ten like what <laughs> pop one or something yeah, like that yeah. but hey through the fractional ownership I can get a piece of that right for forty bucks <laughs> or whatever that right I mean that so so yeah it's just. It's amazing. Like, uh, and I think um, someone that you and I kind of talked, uh, I think, listened to uh, Sasha T. Madden, right? I think yeah. a lot of people might know him. I think some of my, on some of his blogs, he was talking about uh, he'd gotten wind that some of these um, large like hedge funds and our fractional ownership companies, eventually like the idea is to kind of accumulate all these assets and then like display them in a museum, oh. if you will, which so cool. is... <laughs> yeah kind of crazy wow so these are wow. very interesting times for those of us who are into uh collectible cards also. yeah for sure all right sam well how how can we reach you um yeah so you know I'm, I'm like i said i'm not a big content poster i love you know i do love talking though so thanks for having me on uh, if you do want to reach out to me though you can find me on um, instagram you know s-a-j-c cards plural like danny uh, was kind enough to mention at the start i'm happy to uh to reach out to 
or talk to any of you guys. If you have questions, uh, you know, care for my thoughts, um, want to make a connection. That'd be great. Perfect. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you being on the show and we'll have you back again.